Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. Real quickly before, uh, before you leave this morning, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to um, Matthew chapter 18. Starting with verse 21, and we're going to be look. That's the uh, where I'm going to be preaching from this morning. Um, we're continuing the sermon series called "Protect This House." And this morning, uh, we're talking about forgiveness. <clears throat> I really feel like God's laid this on my heart this week to to share with you about something that that I believe is sometimes difficult for us to give, um, but we all need forgiveness. Amen. Uh, sometimes it's hard for us to give forgiveness, but it's really easy for us to receive forgiveness in our hearts and our lives. Matthew chapter 6, verses 12, it says this, And forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. You see, forgiveness is a two-way street. As God has forgiven us for our sins and for our wrongdoings and all the things that we have done towards Him, God also says to us, Hey, I want you to forgive those others in your life that has done wrong against you and has wrongdoings against you in your life. God is calling us not only to receive His forgiveness, but He's also calling us to give our forgiveness to those that are around us who have hurt us in the past, who have done things to us. There, there may be somebody here today that's holding on to a grudge. There may be somebody here today that's holding on to something in your life because of some, something that someone's done to you in the past. And I want to tell you this morning is this. If you ever want to get set free from that, then you got to release it in the name of Jesus. You have to release it so that you can be set free. As long as you hold on to that, unfor- or that unforgiveness in your heart, it's going to eat you up on the inside. You will have nights where you won't be able to sleep. It will be something that is constantly that you're thinking about over and over and in your mind. And God's saying, listen to me, I, for- I have forgiven you. Now you must do the same thing to other people who have wronged you. That's what he says. Forgive those. God, forgive us for our debts as those that we have, that we forgive our debtors. You know, to me, one of the greatest scenes in the Bible is where Jesus is hanging on the cross, an innocent man who was condemned to die. And the reason why he was condemned to die for all that he ever did in his life was simply just love people. But he was condemned to die and to hang on the cross because of my wrongdoings and because of your wrongdoings. Sin is what put him on the cross. And so in that moment, Jesus is looking at those people who placed him on the cross. He's looking at those people who've done all of these things to him before leading up to the day that he was crucified. And he says these these famous words in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. It says this. It says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided his clothes by casting lots. He's looking at the Roman soldiers. He's looking at the criminals that are standing around him. He's looking at all the people that put him on the cross. He's looking at the religious leaders that were mocking him. He was looking at the people who on Monday was singing his praises. And they're now blaspheming him as he's hanging on the cross. He's looking at those people. He's looking at the crowd. And he says these famous words, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He, God was willing, to, or Jesus was willing to forgive those people who have done him wrong. He hasn't even done anything wrong. He just simply came and loved people. 
He just simply came to help people. And here he is hanging on the cross. And he's looking at the people that hung him on the cross. And he's saying, Father, forgive them. What he's saying is, listen, God, I have already forgiven them. But what I need you to do is forgive them. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And here's my thought as I was thinking about it this week. If Jesus hanging on a cross with nails in his hands and his feet and, and, and a, uh, you know, a crown of thorns on his head, if, if he can forgive those people, surely we can forgive those people who have hurt us. Surely we can forgive those people who have hurt us. Hanging on the cross, looking at these people, he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Even in his agony, Jesus' concern was our forgiveness. His concern was our forgiveness. He asked the Father to forgive the thieves on the cross who just jeered at his name. He asked his Father to forgive the Roman soldiers who mocked him, who spit on him, who beat him, who yanked out his beard, who whipped him, who put a crown of thorns on his head and nailed him to a cross. He asked God to forgive those people. Jesus asked for forgiveness for the angry mob who had mocked him and called his, for his crucifixion. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 12 says this, For he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressions. Listen to me this morning, people. As he was hanging on the cross in agony, he was interceding for you and I. Even in his pain, he was praying for you and I. Even in his pain, he was asking for forgiveness for things that we hadn't even done yet. For, for sins that we haven't even committed. For things that we have, wrong words that we said. He is asking for forgiveness for things that we haven't even done yet. Why? Because he was showing his love and his mercy and compassion for those people who needed it. And what he was saying is this, listen, I forgive them. And you must do the same. You must forgive people. Why? Because if you can't forgive people, Jesus will not forgive you. That's what the Bible says. If you cannot forgive people, God will not forgive you. So if you're here this morning and you have unforgiveness in your heart and you have ought against somebody and there's somebody that has done you wrong over the past years, God is telling you this morning is this, to release it and be forgiven and forgive them. Amen. Forgive them. And I'm telling you this morning, that's hard to do. That's very hard to do sometimes. It's to forgive those people who have hurt us. Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 and 44 says this, You have heard that, what it, that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But, but Jesus says this, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who hurt you. Pray for those who are out to get you. Pray for those who have done you wrong. That's what the Bible says. Listen, that's what the church, that's what God is calling us to do in our life, is to pray for those people who persecute us to pray for those family members who have hurt us, to pray for those other people who have done us wrong, for those things that have happened in our lives. God says, I want you to pray for them, but I want you to forgive them. Because, you can, listen, you can never be truly set free unless you've let go of that unforgiveness in your heart. If you want complete freedom in your life, if you want complete freedom in your family, then you got to learn how to forgive people. you got to stop holding grudges against people. Even though you can make it sound so good in your mind that it makes sense to you. But God says, listen, if the people who hung me on the cross, if I was willing to forgive them, then you got to be willing to forgive the people who hurt you. 
There's people in this room that today that if you had a pen and a paper, piece of paper, you could write down names of people who have hurt you. If those people's names are on that paper, then God says you better forgive them. You better forgive them because I have forgiven you. I didn't, I didn't deserve forgiveness. I, don't, I, I, I still don't deserve forgiveness. But Jesus died on the cross for my forgiveness before I even committed my first sin. And God says, listen, if you're going to follow in my footsteps, then you must do the same thing that I did. You see, we talk about all this other stuff, love, and, and, and we want to do all these other things. But when it comes to forgiveness, God, I fall a little short in that area because I've been hurt a lot in my life. I've been hurt by my, my former spouses. I've been hurt by my family. I've been hurt for all, all these other things in my life. But God says, listen, you better learn to forgive them. You better learn to forgive them because if you don't forgive them, it's going to eat you up on the inside. Jesus was praying for the people that were persecuting him. He was praying for the people that was per, uh, persecuting him. You see, we, when we begin to justify whether or not we should forgive them, then we miss the point. You see, in our life, we can look at our life and our situations and say, you know what, they don't deserve my forgiveness because of what they did to me. They lied about me over and over again. They intended to destroy my life and my career. You can't imagine all the hell that they put me through in my life. If you only knew what my family had done to me, you would be angry too. They deserve to suffer because they made me suffer. And I'm going to make them pay. Listen to me this morning. If that is your attitude, then you have a heart problem. If that is your attitude towards people who have hurt you, then you have a heart problem. Because God says, forgive those people. No matter what they've done to you, no matter how terrible they've made your life, no matter how the situation is, God says, forgive those people. God says, forgive those people. And though it may be true, they, don't, may, not, they may, may not deserve your forgiveness. God says, guess what, Chad? You didn't deserve my forgiveness, but I still gave it to you. I don't deserve God's forgiveness, but he still offered it to me in my life. When we learn to forgive people, it, it releases, listen, it releases them, but it sets us free. When we learn to forgive people, it releases those people, but it sets us free. And as, and as long as we hold on to it, as long as we keep it into our heart, then we, then we will be held bondage of this thing called forgiveness. C.S. Lewis said this famous quote, and he says this. He said, everyone says forgiveness is, lo is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. Forgiveness is a very lovely idea until they have something to forgive. You see, we think forgiveness is, is wonderful until we have to actually offer forgiveness to somebody who has hurt us. It's a great idea. Man, it's a fantastic idea. But until we have to offer it to somebody, it's a little different story. So Matthew chapter 18, starting with verse 21, it says this. Then Peter came to him and asked him, Lord, how many times should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of the... One of the debtors was brought in who owed him a millions of dollars. He couldn't pay it, so, he, so, uh, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife and his children and everything that he owed to pay back the debt that he owed. But the man fell, to, uh, fell down before the master and begged him. Says, he says this, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. 
Then the master was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave him of his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him only a, a few thousand dollars and he grabbed him by the throat and he demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged him for a little while, be patient with me, the man, uh, the man asked, and I will pay it back, he pleaded. But his creditors wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put into prison until the debt he could pay was in full. When the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. And the king called in the man that he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you of that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have the same mercy on a fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king set the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid the entire debt. That is what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Jesus says, Peter goes, Father, how, or Jesus, how many times do I need to forgive people? Seven times? Jesus says, oh no. Seventy times seven. Seventy times seven. In other words, you continually forgive those people. Not just 490 times. And when you get to 491, you just go, well, I'm not going to offer you forgiveness anymore. You offer forgiveness until Jesus comes home. It's not just a one-time thing. It's not just for a certain amount of years, but it's forever. Because here's the deal. When Jesus forgave you, he's not pulling back that forgiveness from you. It's still offered to you. So as long as people hurt us, as long as people do things to us, then guess what? We offer forgiveness to them. It's, it's, a, it's, it's limitless. It, it continues until Jesus comes back. Keep forgiving people. Keep forgiving those people who have hurt you. You see, because in that time, the Jewish rabbis, they would teach that, hey, that you're only supposed to forgive people three times. And I'm going to tell you this morning, there's some of you who have already had that forgiveness even today. If you had to be forgiven four times, we'd be out of luck. Right? Even, I, I may have, I don't, there th may have things that even happened in my life that I don't even know about that, that God's like, listen, I'm forgiving you for it. But I'm, but... Listen, you've done it five times, but I'm only ever going to allow you three. So you're in trouble. But he says you forgive, forgive them forever. It's limitless. Offer the same forgiveness to those people who need it around you. Verses 21 and 22, it says this. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often should I forgive these people who sin against me? Jesus says, Peter says seven times. He says, no, seven, seven times seven or 70 times seven. Jesus uh, replied, this is what I want you to do. So a few things I thought about in this scripture this morning is this. Forgiveness is a virtue. Here's what I think Jesus was trying to tell Peter that day and the other disciples that were watching when this was going on is this. Is forgiveness is part of my DNA. It's who I am. If I'm going to be a Christian, then forgiveness has to be part of my DNA. Why? Because it was part of Jesus' DNA. He was trying to tell Peter that day, listen, Peter, along this road, you're traveling. You're, people are going to hurt you. Peter, you're going you're gonna to build churches. Peter, you're going to plant churches. People are going to come to your church, and, and they're going to stay with you for a little while, and then they're going to leave, and you don't even know why they left. But here's what I want you to do. Forgive them. Forgive people who have hurt you, Peter. Forgive those people who come against you, Peter. Listen, love those people and forgive them. That's what he was saying. Why? Because it's in our DNA. 
That's because it's in Jesus' DNA. Jesus is forgiveness. So that means that Chad has to be forgiveness in our life to those people who hurt us. That's what he says, is it needs to be part of your life. Forgiveness is something that we, that we should offer over and over and over and over again. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, it says this. It says, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and, and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. In verse 9, it says, keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me. Everything that you've heard from me and you saw me doing, then God will... Um, then, God, then the God of peace will be with you. He says, listen, keep practicing it. Keep doing it over and over and over and over again. Let it make, be sure, Peter, that when somebody hurts you, that immediately you offer them forgiveness. Immediately you offer them forgiveness. Don't hold it inside of your heart. Don't go talk about it to other people. Don't go do other things that we normally do in our life. But when people hurt you, Peter, when people say things about you that's not true, when they lie about you, when they lie about your family, when they talk about you in the community, Peter, guess what you're supposed to do? Forgive them. Why? Because I did the same thing. I forgave people who hurt me. People that hung me on the cross, Peter. I forgave them. And here's the deal that I thought about. Forgiveness doesn't always come easy. Why? Because our natural flesh wants us to retaliate against those who have hurt us. That's our natural flesh. When you hurt me, guess what? I'm going to come back and hurt you. That's what we think, but that's not how we're supposed to think. That when, we, when people hurt us, is that we forgive them and set them free. Because that's what Jesus did. He, he understood what complete forgiveness was in his, in his life. You see, when, when they came to take Jesus away, when they came to take him and, and bring him back, guess what Peter did? He pulled out his sword and he cut off the servant's ear. In a moment, he retaliated. You're not going to do that to my friend. You're not going to do that to my Savior. I'm not going to allow you to, for that to take place in his life. He pulls out his sword and cuts off the man's ear. And what did Jesus do in Luke chapter 22, verses 51? He says these famous words. He looked at Peter and says, no more of this. Peter, that's not how we act. We don't take out a sword and cut off somebody's ear. We don't, we don't retaliate against people like that, Peter. We show them forgiveness. And he touched the man, he picked up the man's ear and he put it back on his head and he healed him. That's forgiveness. The man who came to drag him away, Peter retaliated and said, No way, cut his ear off. And Jesus said, We don't act like that, Peter. We're Christians, we're believers. So if you're going to be like me, Peter, we don't, we don't, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We're going to offer forgiveness to those people who have hurt us. Listen to these words in Scripture about forgiveness. Luke chapter 6, verses 37 says, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you, not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive their sins... Your Father will not forgive your sins. Listen to me this morning. That's not my word speaking. That's Jesus saying that. If you can't forgive people for their sins, then your sins will not be forgiven in your life. That's words from, from Jesus' mouth himself. So you, so you and I better learn how to forgive people if we want forgiveness. Because the first person that we run to for forgiveness is Jesus. 
But how do we expect to get forgiveness when we won't offer forgiveness to other people who have done the exact same thing that we have done? We want forgiveness, but we won't offer forgiveness. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. You didn't live in my house. You don't know what they did to me. You're right, I don't, but Jesus does. An innocent man hung on a cross. An innocent man hung on a cross for you and for me. So if he can offer forgiveness, surely goodness that we can do the same thing. That's where we miss it. God, you don't, under, you don't understand. They hurt me too bad. They've done all these things to me. No, I understand, but you're still, still, you're still supposed to offer them forgiveness. Colossians chapter 3, verses 13 says this. Bear with one another and forgive one another of any grievances that you have against someone. Forgive them as the Lord has forgiven you. You see, on the day that Jesus was crucified, none of the people standing around him looked at one, or ne- looked at one another and said these words, you know, I don't think we should be doing this. I really think this is wrong. We're hanging an innocent man on the cross for something that he hasn't done. Guys, I don't think we should be doing this. That wasn't the conversation that was taking place that day. At least that's what my Bible says. That they were, they were, they were mocking him. They were spitting on him. They were, they were pulling his beard out. They were putting thorns. Please, for just a second, let that sink into your mind. What was taking place to him that day? Listen, I've had a lot of bad things said about me. I've had a lot of lies said about me. But I can tell you this morning, nothing compares to what happened to that man on that day. Nothing. But yet Jesus looked at them and said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. He still offered forgiveness for the ones that just slapped him in his face. Why? Because it's part of who he is. It's not just a one-time thing. But any time that you go to Jesus and you need forgiveness, guess what? It's available to you. It's available to me when I go to him and say, Jesus, I have failed you wrongly. I have messed up. Please, Father, forgive me. And guess what he says? I forgive you. I've already forgiven you, and I will always forgive you. But we better learn how to forgive other people if we want forgiveness in our life. Forgiveness is part of Jesus' DNA. It's part of his life. Number two, do unto others. Do unto others. Verses 23 through 30. I'm not going to read those verses to you this morning. But it's basically two identical stories. Each man who had occurred this debt in their, mouth, two, or in their life. Two different amounts of debt. But we see two different results. The man with the largest debt, somehow he occurred over a million dollars in debt. If you got a million dollars in debt this morning, I feel sorry for you. Listen, we're going through this Dave Ramsey, uh, this Dave Ramsey class here at the church, and we're learning how to get out of debt. Because Listen to me. If you're in debt, it, it's a difficult thing. It will stay over you until you get out from under it. It will drive you crazy. It will, you will have sleepless nights knowing how to pay for this bill. And, how to, and what we do is this. We just keep occurring that debt over and over again. What we do is we rob Peter to pay Paul. And God says, listen, get, get out from under that debt. Get away from that. Learn to get, don't just keep bringing it up, but get out from under it. And in this story, this man had occurred over a million dollars in debt that he couldn't pay back. So he goes to his master and he says, please forgive me. I, I can't do this. I can't pay this money back. And he was, he was going to sell his whole family and all the, money, all the proceeds was going to go to pay off his debt. But I love what verse 26 and 27 says. It says this, so he fell to his knees. In other words, he was begging He was in a position that he didn't know what was going to take place. He didn't want his family sold. 
He wanted them to stay together. So he fell to his knees and he began to beg and he began to plead his master. And he says, I will pay back everything that I owe you. Then his master looked at him because he had pity in his heart. And he released him. And in a moment, he forgave him. He forgave him and set him free. He didn't sell his family. He didn't didn't make him pay back anything. He says, listen, you're set free. Go ahead, go. And you would think, listen, you would think that the man who had just been forgiven of all of this certain amount of debt would do the same thing to other people. But if you read the story, that didn't happen. A large amount of debt, millions of dollars of debt, you would think that he would be willing to give somebody else who was in the same boat the same forgiveness. You see, that kind of sounds like you and I. We've been forgiven a lot in our life. But yet we're not offering the same forgiveness to other people. The man is walking free. Listen, I don't even think he's walking. He's probably skipping. I would try to skip, but I'm afraid I might throw out a knee. I used to could skip. I don't think I can anymore. But imagine, he just, got, he just was set free from under this large amount of debt that he could not pay back, that he, there was no way that he was going to be able to pay that money back. So something tells me that he was celebrating in the streets. He was celebrating because he had just been forgiven of this debt. But he sees a man who owes him debt. Look at verses 28 through 30. It says, but when he left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him just a few thousands of dollars. And he grabbed the fellow, the, this fellow servant by his throat. And the guy says, please be patient with me and I will pay it back. He pleaded, but his creditors wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in the prison until the debt was paid in full. You see, you and I are like that unforgiving servant. We want forgiveness, but yet we won't give, we won't, we won't give forgiveness to other people. You see, we stand before God and we, all of our sins are piled up. It's like a mountain that you can't climb over. You can't get around. You can't get, you can't get to where Jesus is or where God is. And you're standing there in that moment and you look at Jesus and you say these words, Father, please forgive me. There's no way I can pay that debt back. And what does God do? He takes that debt and he just slides it out of the way. He just slides it out of the way. Now he says, listen, what was causing you not to get to me, now it's gone. Come to me freely. He just, he just moves it out of the way. And that's what God does to you and I. That's what, God, that's what this master did to this servant. He just moved it out of the way and says, listen, you're free, go. Go ahead, go do your thing. Go have fun, go tell your family. Do all of these things, but yet he wasn't willing to give back what was given to him. And I thought about that for just a second. and It's kind of like, um, like leaving a church service on Sunday morning. You've been in the presence of God and you felt God touch your life and you feel like God gave you forgiveness for something that you prayed about and you leave church and you're just singing your favorite worship song in the car, right? Anybody ever do that before? I have, many times. Just singing and worshiping God and and I walk into Publix and guess who I see? The person who hurt me. So what am I going to do in that moment? I just left a a, a church service where God just set me free. What am I going to do to this person? Walk up to him and grab him by the throat and say, and demand, demand something from them? That's not how God works, but that's what we do. We may not grab him by the throat, but we will talk about him. We will tweet about him. We will write about him on Facebook. We will text somebody about him. 
And what happens is we completely forget about the forgiveness that God gave us. But yet we'll run out there and, oh no, you, I, I'm not forgiving you. You can forget it. That's not how it works. But that's how we live. And we wonder why we struggle. We wonder why we have all these issues in our life. Maybe, just maybe this morning, maybe there's, some, there's unforgiveness in your heart. So you need to do a little soul searching this morning. If you've got some unforgiveness in your heart, do a little soul searching to say, God, take it from me because I want to be set free. I don't want to treat people like that, God. I don't want to be mean to people, God. I don't want to do that. God, I want to be, I want to be like you who looked at them and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The unforgiving servant wasn't willing to give forgiveness to someone else even when forgiveness was given to him. You see, here's what I thought about forgiveness. You see, when you offer somebody forgiveness, listen, it doesn't mean that the situation didn't happen in your life because it did. When you offer somebody forgiveness, it doesn't mean that the situation didn't happen. It doesn't mean that you're making excuses for people's bad behavior. It doesn't mean that you're going you're to justify evil so that somehow what they did looks less sinful. It doesn't mean that you're overlooking this issue. It doesn't mean that you're denying others that, that tried to hurt you repeatedly over and over again. It doesn't mean that you're letting others walk all over you. It doesn't mean that you're pretending never to be hurt. It doesn't mean that, uh, that you must restore the relationship to what it was before. It doesn't mean that you have to be best friends with that person in their life. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that when you forgive them, what you're doing is you're taking that, that, that thing in your life and you're placing it into Jesus' hands and you're saying, Jesus, you handle it. I'm done with it. That's what it means. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It doesn't mean that you're making excuses for what happened. It just means that you're forgiving them and you're saying, Jesus, I am forgiving these people and I'm placing them into your hands. You do what you need to do with them. I'm not. Move on. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we can't move on, right? Because our flesh is battling inside of us. You need to get back with them. You need to say what they said to you. You need to do these things. But God says, don't do it. Forgive them and walk on. Keep moving. Luke chapter 6, verses 31 says this, Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Luke chapter 12, verses 48, When someone has given much, much will be required in return. Man, think about that this morning. God gave, me, God gave me forgiveness. Now, it may not mean a lot to you, but it means a lot to me. So he has given me much in my life. You know what? He requires me to give much in my life. Whatever has been given to me, give it back to those who have hurt me. Give it back to those people who have done me wrong. Give it back to those people who have cheated me. Give it back to those people who, you know, all these things. Give it to God and allow God to deal with it. Because we've given much. God expects much from us. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Don't do unto others as they have done to you. Do unto others as, as you would want them do unto you. Because you want forgiveness, then you better offer forgiveness to those people in your life. And the last thing is this. People are watching. People are paying attention how you react. People are watching how you do things in your life. Look at verses 31 through 35. It says this. When the other servants saw this, they were very upset. So they went to the king and told him everything that had happened. 
Then the king called in the man who, had for, who he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgive you, or I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have the same mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king set the man in the prison to be tortured until he had paid in the entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. You see, the news spread, spread very fast that afternoon. When other people were watching this man who had just been forgiven millions and millions, millions of dollars of debt, people are watching how he was going to respond. They're watching him and how he's going to handle the situation in his life. You see, the day that Jesus was crucified, listen, the day that Jesus was crucified, the very ones that crucified him were watching how he was going to respond to what was happening to him. They were watching him. They were paying attention to him. People were saying to others, you know, listen, they were saying to Jesus, look, why don't you, you've saved other people. Why can't you save yourself? Look, you're, you're supposed to be the king of Jews. Come on, king, do something. Why are you not doing anything? Why are you not coming out of the cross? You got all this power. Why are you not doing anything? They were gambling for his clothes. They were mocking him. All of these things were happening right in front of him. And what I love about it, in Mark chapter 15, verses 39, the New King James Version says this, So when the centurion who stood opposite of him saw that he had cried out, like this, and breathed his last breath, the centurion said these words, Truly this man is the Son of God. Listen, in that moment, he knew who Jesus was. Why? Why? Look at how he responded to the people that were around him. In that moment, listen, in that moment, Jesus had enough power to snap his fingers and wipe out everything around him. Wipe out everybody that was standing there. But you know what? He didn't. He didn't. What did he do? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The centurion was watching Jesus, watching all of this unfold. And he said, man, this guy is the Son of God. And just like this, this servant, people were watching him how he responded to the man who owed him debt. And they didn't like what was happening. So they took him back to the king. And the king put him in prison and tortured him until the debt was completely paid off. A free man who all he had to do was offer forgiveness to somebody else was now thrown back into prison to be tortured for something he had already been forgiven for because he wouldn't offer forgiveness to somebody else. But as this was happening, they were watching. I can tell you very quickly, if I go down to Publix and Walmart and somebody makes me mad and I walk up to them and I grab them around the throat and I throw them on the ground, I can tell you this, news is going to spread pretty quick. Did y'all hear about that pastor at Legacy Church? Not a good dude. People are watching us. How are you going to respond to the people who, who just stood there and lied about you? And you're seeing it happen. How are you going to respond to it? How are you going to treat them? Jesus says, forgive them for they know not what they do. You see, forgiveness, listen, forgiveness is not optional. It's necessary. You see, you can't think that forgiveness is optional. It's not optional. It's necessary. 
Again, pastor, you don't understand my situation. You're right, I don't. It's not optional. It's necessary. Because I want forgiveness, I must offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me. Release them and you will be set free. I want you to bow your heads just for a moment. It's all about forgiveness. It's all about being able to give what God has given to you. And there may be somebody in this room this morning that's holding that close to your heart. You haven't forgiven them, that person, for hurting you. And what God's saying to you this morning is this, release them. Release them and I will set you free. It could be a spouse. It could be a family member. It could be a co-worker. I don't know. But it's what you do. You release it to Jesus and watch Jesus set you free. But watch how Jesus handles the situation in their life. Because you've taken your hands completely off of it and you've said, God, they're yours. I pray for those who persecute me. I pray for those who, who have said things about me. I pray for them because, God, I need forgiveness in my life, so I must offer forgiveness to them. Forgiveness. It's hard to do. But if we're going to be like Jesus, then you must offer forgiveness. Because every situation is different. Every situation is different. Some of, listen, some of you may be mad at God because of a situation that, that happened in your life. That you prayed about and it didn't, nothing happened. Don't be mad at God. Or if you're mad at him, say, Father, I'm sorry, forgive me. I don't understand it, God, but I, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Forgiveness. When you release them, it sets you free. I want you to stand to your feet this morning all over this house. Just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning. Do unto others, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Luke 23, verse 34, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. And here's what I feel like this morning. There's some of you need to pray that prayer. Father, forgive them. I forgive them, Father. I forgive them this morning. Do you hear that song? He's my deliverer. From whatever I have in my life that's going wrong, He's my deliverer. He can deliver me from this, this thing that I've held on to in my life. He can wipe it clean just like He wiped my, my sin out of my life. He can wipe it clean out of your life if you just will allow Him to. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.